Hello and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Vesna Petronich-Rosic from Georgetown University and MedStar Health Dermatology. Today we're going to be interviewing Dr. Saleh Rashidi, who did this study while he was a resident at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. He is now at the Skin Laser and Surgery Specialists in New York City. Welcome, Dr. Rashidi. We're going to be speaking about shorter survival and later stage at diagnosis among unmarried patients with cutaneous melanoma, a U.S. national and tertiary care center study. I understand this was the large focus of your research interest and continues to be that along with cancer immunology. Can you tell us what prompted you to think about doing this study? Was it a certain patient encounter or something that you read or was it something that was in a large scale an interest of yours? Like other cancers, I see that stage remains the single most predictive factor of prognosis in melanoma. In fact, melanoma represents uh, an extreme where early stages like melanoma in situ or stage uh, T1A can be treated with excision in office, yet prognosis becomes quite guarded later with advanced disease. So going back to my research, I've always been interested in uh, repurposing medications to improve more recent therapies of melanoma, in particular immunotherapies. But also I believe that any information we can gather to increase awareness and early detection could as well be just as important, if not even more, in saving lives and reducing suffering. That is so correct. We know that the incidence and mortality of melanoma are steadily increasing, and it is considered now a public health issue. What was known about the subject of marital status and melanoma prior to your study? Before this study, there had been multiple studies, in fact, which showed that, uh, and they showed uniformly, really, that unmarried patients are more likely to present with later stage diagnosis. In one study back in 2018 of more than 50,000 patients, unmarried uh, individuals were more likely to present in stages T1B and higher. Importantly, unmarried patients were less likely to get sentinel lymph node biopsies for lesions warranting uh, such a procedure. In another study of 13,000 patients, the authors also recapitulated uh, such findings where under unmarried patients were less likely to get a central lymph node biopsy as well. Interestingly, in a Swedish study of 27,000 patients where the authors looked at living with a partner instead of marital status, they found that men living alone were more likely to present in stages two, three, or four. However, in women, this trend was much less uh, noticeable. There was slight increase specifically in stage two compared to stage one, but not really in stages three or four. So that was quite uh, intriguing. But the studies in the U.S. show uniformly increase regardless of sex. So uh, in a study of around 190,000 patients from the SEER database, the authors also found that unmarried uh, patients had later stage at diagnosis. More importantly, within both married and unmarried patients, men were 50% more likely to have late stage disease compared to women. So overall, as you can tell, there's this trend where unmarried patients or at least those living without a partner had more advanced stage, but it is unknown if this association varies by anatomic side, given the potential for visual recognition of melanoma. And that's what really uh, prompted my study. 
One interesting point from a Spanish study showed that 53% of melanomas were self-detected and more melanomas were self-detected among women than among men. And in addition, self-detected cancers by women had better prognosis than those self-detected by men. And men were more likely to have melanomas in non-easily visible sites. And we know from practice, you know, like legs and the back in women versus the back most common places in men. So that kind of reflects that. This is very interesting data. With this in mind, can you share with us how you came up with the hypothesis for your study, please? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so based on these findings, we hypothesized that in readily visible anatomic sites, stage disparity between married and unmarried patients could be less pronounced. For example, on the face, it's less dependent on visual recognition by a partner or a spouse. So tumors were stratified by anatomic location to determine if an association between marital status and stage exists across different anatomic sites. Very good. How about your study population and design? It seems from the data that there was an overwhelming representation of Caucasian patients in the database. And I was wondering if that is an accurate reflection of the overall incidence of melanoma. Indeed. So the study design, this is a retrospective cohort study of data from the SEER database, which is the surveillance epidemiology and end results database. So we included all patients with cutaneous melanoma with known stages from one to four who were diagnosed between 2010 and 2016, 18 years and older, and of course, with known marital status and stage. We defined early stage as one and two, and later stages three or four. So once there is lymph node metastasis, it's already advanced disease. We included all races, but reflecting real-life data, the vast majority were Caucasian. So 98% of our patients were Caucasian. So while we adjusted for race in our analysis, we could not really stratify by race since the overwhelming majority was Caucasian. And this also was reflected in our Johns Hopkins database as well. So we included two separate populations. So the Johns Hopkins population is not really included in the SEER database. And also around 98% of our patient population at Hopkins was Caucasian. And these patients were diagnosed between 2003 and 2017. And keeping in mind that Baltimore, where Hopkins is, is a very racially diverse uh, population, uh, yet the patient population was still overwhelmingly uh, Caucasian. And next, you know, like that's kind of just how we define our patient population. And characteristic-wise, we found that 68% of this population was married, compared to 15% who were single, 8% divorced, and 8% uh, widowed. Overall, 57% of uh, our patients were male, However, this proportion varied based on marital status. For example, 61% of our married patients were males. However, among those who are widowed, 65% were female. And I think this likely represents discrepancies in proportions in the general population in general, not just among our patients. I see. That's very interesting. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your findings? Yeah, so we found that married patients of both sexes were less likely to present in advanced stages. Unmarried males were between 29 and 69% more likely to present in stages three and four. On the other hand, unmarried females were 28 to 39% more likely to present with advanced disease. So both males and females were at higher risk of later presentation if they were unmarried 
but men showed this trend to a stronger extent. And this was consistent across anatomic sites. And that's the main point of this study, that regardless whether it is on the face or elsewhere on the body, this discrepancy between married and unmarried was observed. We then evaluated the impact of age on the relationship between anatomic site and stage. So we here, instead of uh, stratifying by uh, gender or by sex, we stratified by age. And these patients were stratified into three tertiles. So the youngest one-third, middle one-third, and upper one-third. And we found that while unmarried patients in all age groups were more likely to be diagnosed with advanced melanoma, the association was really strongest in the youngest and middle age tertiles. So that's those patients between 18 and 68 years old. So those patients above 68 years old showed a similar trend, but the association was weaker. I think this is possibly because older patients are more likely to be followed by healthcare providers for various indications, providing an opportunity perhaps for earlier recognition of skin tumors and possibly referral to a specialist. But that's just my speculation. Finally, we looked at the survival to see if there is an association between marital status and survival. And we saw that in all stages combined, cancer-specific mortality was higher in unmarried patients. So there was around 37 to 49% increase in mortality, both in males and females. Importantly, this was not just because of later stage at diagnosis, because when we stratify those patients by stage group, we still see that unmarried patients had worse overall survival, even within the same stage group. I found that fascinating, all the factors that come into play here, including the encouragement that someone gets when they live in a partnership to go see a physician for any reason, in fact. So it's not just the visibility and somebody pointing out on their partner's face or back, you have something that needs to be seen, but it really has to do with encouragement and then later with compliance. Absolutely. And many, many factors. It is so interesting. So... If you were to summarize the key findings of your study, what would those be? The main findings are that married patients with cutaneous melanoma, at least you know, in our study in the United States, present at earlier stages than their unmarried counterparts, regardless of anatomic location, including the face. So that's the main finding. And this trend was strongest in men and those under 68 years old, yet it was very not, uh, you know, noticed above 68 years old as well, and in women, of course. So overall survival continued to be worse among unmarried patients within each stage group. And while we did not talk about it here, data from our institution followed similar trends, like the national data we have. Very good. So what are your take-home points for this study? Yeah, so this study suggests that the protective role of marriage is attributed to factors beyond spouse-dependent recognition, because easily visible sites, such as the face, showed a comparable impact of marital status on stage as other anatomic sites. This notion of other factors dictating this trend is evident by looking at other cancers. So one really interesting study in 2013, which was quite comprehensive, including breast cancer, prostate cancer, different uh, gastrointestinal cancers, lung, ovarian, head and neck cancer, and lymphoma. The authors found that married patients were uniformly less likely to be diagnosed with metastatic disease, uh, were more likely to receive definitive therapy, and they were also less likely to die of their disease than unmarried patients, and that was across all cancer types. While their study did not really include the melanoma, 
their findings were concordant with ours and uh, the authors saw marriage was more protective in male patients across different cancer types. So delayed diagnosis associated with unmarried status is undoubtedly multifaceted and visual detection by a partner is just one factor. A few factors after we got to these findings, I was more interested into seeing what's there in the literature to support such findings besides visual recognition. So some studies show that there is better adherence of sun protection and sun avoidance among married patients. Insurance status definitely plays a role. So there was correlation between being married and having better insurance status. So in breast cancer patients, for example, uh, those with private insurance did better than those with no insurance or publicly provided insurance. Social support and encouragement, as you mentioned, also cannot be overlooked. Even in other health conditions like heart disease, there are some studies showing uh, similar trends, even in countries where healthcare is tax funded, like the Denmark. So certainly we cannot just point to one factor and make it responsible, but it's probably the whole combination. Very good. And I was just going to ask you about that <laughs> one factor. <laughs> So it's funny because you do identify one factor, and I was just going to ask you about that. Your study identifies unmarried status as a poor prognostic factor in melanoma. How does that compare to other prognostic factors in melanoma? Based on the literature, it is quite evident that marital status confounds with many other prognostic factors like insurance, uh, socioeconomic status, compliance with medical care, some behavioral variables, et cetera, et cetera. So of course, I don't see marital status as something that would actually change the behavior of the tumor, at least to our knowledge. So I think from a practical standpoint in clinic, knowing all of these confounders, uh, marital status is a well-defined variable to take into account when counseling our patients or planning follow-up. After all, the benefit associated with being married seems to match that of uh, some therapeutic drugs used in melanoma. So it's quite, you know, like straight shot of kind of just a quick judgment call when we have a patient in clinic. But we, of course, understand there is so many underlying factors associated with our observations. But it does have a stark impact on how we would view patients with these results in mind. Mm -hmm. Why does this matter for dermatology? So melanoma is the fifth most common cancer in the U.S. So it's quite, you know, a leading uh, cancer in terms of incidence and is importantly among the top three cancers in people under 50. So it's often arising in young, otherwise uh, healthy individuals. And I personally know very healthy individuals my age getting melanoma and in fact, some with advanced melanoma. So we as dermatologists are tasked with early detection of melanoma and outcomes vary drastically between early stage and advanced disease, as we mentioned earlier. So our job is to prevent this delay in diagnosis, which is more pronounced in unmarried patients. But, you know, to be more kind of accurate, it matters in every patient. So we see these trends, but we shouldn't like just overlook any patient. So after all, knowledge is power. And if we can relay this information to our patient, we, can, we could hopefully reduce such disparities and save lives and, and suffering. I could not agree more with you. Are there any limitations that our listeners should consider when interpreting the data from your study? Yes, absolutely. The first and biggest limitation really is that the anatomic site listed as the trunk includes chest and abdomen and back. So 
things, areas that can be uh, readily visible versus others like the back, not really quite visible. So I think nevertheless that the face is uh, in our cohort is a reasonable internal control to address this uh, limitation. So the face versus other body sides. It would have definitely been more informative though to study the face versus the back, for example, as they represent opposite ends in terms of dependence on recognition by a partner. Also marital status does not perfectly correlate with living with a partner. So married couples often live apart and conversely, marriage is not the only setting where people live together. Importantly, married and unmarried patients differ in many other aspects than the variables we studied here. So this retrospective observational study by definition harbors intrinsic uh, limitations related to confounding variables that we could not and did not account for. I understand. With this in mind, how could these findings impact melanoma prevention campaigns in, in the U.S.? And should they impact them? Where do we go from here? What are the next steps? I think these findings are important on the individual level while tailoring, tailoring care to patients in clinic. But the truth of the matter is that melanoma can affect anyone regardless of marital status. So I do not see the results warranting targeting unmarried people preferentially, assuming that is even possible. I think awareness is contagious and reaching the largest number of people, regardless of marital status, will be to everyone's benefit as it becomes more like a chain reaction. And I think the best approach is to make sure the general public is aware of such risk discrepancies, which could help people at high risk to be aware of their own risk and thus be proactive about their healthcare. I completely agree. Education is power in the sense of making everyone aware of how important it is to take care of their health. Do you have any last thoughts to leave with our listeners? Yes, uh, mainly it is for uh, non-dermatologists who might be uh, listening to uh, our podcasts. While unmarried people are more likely to have their melanoma diagnosed at a more advanced stage, the core message, regardless of uh, marital status, is to be aware of melanoma as one of the most uh, common malignancies and as the leading cause of death from skin cancer. Its prevention starts in childhood with adequate sun protection, avoidance of tanning beds. So always get a baseline evaluation by a dermatologist uh, who in turn can provide the guidance. And for parents, have your children's skin evaluated and discuss this with their pediatrician. I would definitely like to emphasize that melanoma is not only a disease of fair skin. It can develop in dark skin types. And in fact, for example, the hands and feet, we call acral melanomas, are all overrepresented locations in people with skin of color. So everybody, please uh, you know, pay attention to your skin and at least get baseline evaluation by a specialist. Very good. Well, thank you so much. This was fascinating. I'm grateful for the time and effort you put into doing this study. I'm also grateful for the privilege of your time and the time of your listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcast. We hope you enjoyed these new options for listening to dialogues and the increased content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.